Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate the Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing, but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. Hey everyone, I'm Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 13 of The Kate Show. Today I've got Josh Hainan with me. Now, Josh is the co-founder of Interact Quiz Builder a tool used by more than 30,000 businesses, including the American Red Cross, Home Depot, and Forbes. He's probably seen more quizzes than any other human on earth right now. And I am so psyched to have this interview and to share all of his wisdom and insight with you. All right, guys, stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Do you struggle with social media or email marketing? Socialite can help with email newsletters and social media posts that you can customize and use in minutes. Marketing your design or home staging firm has never been easier, faster, or more affordable. Visit katethesocialite.com to access free and premium marketing help for your business today. Hey everyone and welcome to The Kate Show. Now you heard in the intro we've got a very special guest today and I am so excited and honored to have Josh Hainan with us. Josh, as you heard, is the co-founder of TryInteract.com. So Josh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kate. I'm glad you're here. So before we get into the nitty gritty of your platform and why it's so powerful, Do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and what your entrepreneurial path has looked like? Because I was totally stalking you online and I found out that you are a small town kid, were a small town kid, I should say, and now you're a co-founder of this company that's been featured in Forbes. And I'd really like to know, like, what was that path like? Yeah, yeah, it's been an interesting path. I think the one thing that really defines who I am is that I'm a builder and a creator. I like inventing things. And I've always done that. Even when I was a kid, I was building stuff in my backyard and my friends would come over and we'd dig tunnels and build tree houses and forts and all this kind of stuff. And that really just parlayed directly into my entrepreneurial journey. I started my first company when I was 15 and a half installing lawns and sprinkler systems because that was the only skill I had and I found out people would pay for it. So I started doing it as a job. And since then I've been running my own companies and I'm 25 now. So it's been 10 years and interact is the first software company that I've started. And by far the biggest thing I've ever created, our quizzes were taken half a billion times last year. So it's gotten to a crazy, crazy scale, but that's really the one thread that weaves through all of this is just that I really like to build things and I got pretty lucky coming from a small town to end up here now in San Francisco where I am running this company that is really affecting a huge part of the world's population every single day but it's really just the creation the building the coming up with new ideas that I love. So As a kid, did you ever anticipate that you would go on to found an online company? Because I I wouldn't think that someone from a small town or anywhere really just wakes up one morning and is like, oh, I'm going to do something that's really, really hard today. 
Yeah, yeah. So I actually didn't even know about starting online companies until I left my town and went to UCLA for college. I thought I was going to run my computer company because I used to run a company buying and selling and fixing computers when I was in high school. And I thought that was the thing to do. And I'm glad I didn't because now we've really moved past computers and people aren't even using them as much anymore. So that industry fell apart. It was really when I went to college and saw that other people were building stuff and that's actually where I met my co-founder for this company who also had a background building internet companies and that kind of stuff. And that's where I got exposed for the first time to building internet companies and how that whole world works and I just became fascinated by it and wanted to learn everything I could and that's what eventually led to Interact. Mm -hmm. And that whole mentality you were just talking about is what makes you such a great entrepreneur. So coming from a small town, I guess I'm just really fixated on that because I'm from a small town as well. And it's an interesting journey going from that to where we both are right now with online companies. Did you ever feel like where you grew up was a hindrance or did you see that as more of a strength? I think there's some of both for sure. The hindrance side is just the lack of exposure and not knowing that this was even possible as a kid. And I have little brothers who are 10 years younger than me. And now they have been exposed through myself and my other siblings to the world of internet companies and they're learning programming as 15 year olds. And, you know, they're in this world that's so much different because they've had that connection. And that's something that I certainly missed out on. But on the other side, I think the creativity that comes from being outside and just hanging out with friends, you know, I didn't have a computer until I was like 14 and we didn't have TV in our house. So if I wanted to have fun, I was creating my own fun and that came through building and that's really where that creative spirit came from was just, there's nothing else to do. So I'm going to go create something that I enjoy and that's what is really the same stuff that I do every single day in my company now. So I'd say there's pros and cons to it, cons on the the lack of kind of knowing what's possible, but the pros in building up those muscles of creativity. Yeah, I love that because to your point of just being outside and interacting with people and with nature, that's where true inspiration comes from. You know, I think you and I can both attest to sitting in front of a computer every day can be draining, not necessarily inspiring. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Now, what I am most interested in at this point is a blog post that you wrote, I think it was just a few months ago, and you were talking about how you've been growing your platform and growing your platform's reach through influencer marketing. And you had a really informative blog post that detailed exactly how you're doing that. So I'm just curious, Josh, like how has the influencers, how have influencers played a big role in your marketing or have they, or is this a new concept? It's played a huge role in our marketing. We have almost quadrupled the number of paying customers we have in the last 14 months, mostly because of influencers. And the way we go about influencer marketing and this whole influencer marketing thing is so hot and it's a buzzy word and nobody really knows what it means. But the way I see it, and this is very simple, is that we have conversations with people who have influence. So they're the ones that are 
thinking about what to do in marketing. They're marketing consultants, they're marketing agencies, they're bloggers, they're the forward thinkers of the world. And we have an actual conversation with them, usually 30 to 45 minutes. And then we let them use our software to try it out and ask them to tell the people who are under their umbrella about us. And usually that's only a handful of people, you know, their closest clients or maybe their blogger friends or whoever it is. But you have enough of those conversations and all of a sudden you have this word of mouth effect happening. And our influencer program now operates where we have three people having five calls a day every day of the week. So we're doing a lot of these calls. And if you think about every one of those calls resulting in three other people hearing about Interact, all of a sudden it starts to get really big and it's driven a ton of growth for us. So that's the way we do it. There's nothing really complicated about it. It's really just having connected conversations with people who are interested in what we're doing. You know, when someone from your team had reached out to me for that purpose, I really appreciated that they were willing to have a conversation with me because to your point, you know, when you actually research your influencer before you decide to ask them to promote you or use your service, that makes all the difference in the world because I know that a lot of my friends who are social media influencers and have thousands more followers than I do get approached all the time by companies who didn't take time to research them. They don't even know what their brand is like. All they know is they've got a big number next to their name, therefore they're a good target. And so I just want to say kudos to you guys for actually taking time to research your influencers and initiate an ongoing relationship with them, not just something that you're, you know, throwing money at. Yeah, well, thank you. And I think, you know, the, when somebody decides to use anything, a software, a company, buy a product, whatever it is, that's a decision. And I don't think decisions happen because somebody posts something or because you get an email or whatever. Decisions happen because you actually change your mind in some very small way. Like you're just changing your mind to start using Interact, but it's still changing your mind. And I think it's only right that if you're asking somebody to change their mind about using Interact, you should have a conversation about it and answer questions that they have and inform them on how they can use it effectively. It just seems a bit ridiculous to me to expect anybody to do that, to use Interact without that conversation. Because mm -hmm, you're approaching that as how you would want to be approached. And I can see that in a small town mentality because like I said I grew up in that too and having respect for other people even if you never see them face to face is I think a really big reason why your platform has just exploded and why platforms like Forbes are now talking about you so it's really awesome to see that and the other interesting thing is as we mentioned before we started recording this quizzes are like a hundred percent psychology and so therefore, you're also marketing yourself in a way that's 100% psychology. So can you explain to us in normal layman's terms, how come quizzes are so addictive? How come we just can't stop ourselves from taking one, whether it's a BuzzFeed quiz or a quiz on some random blog post? Yeah, yeah. And it goes deeper than just finding out what kind of cake you are or which <laughs> princess you are, right? Like those are funny things, but there's actually some psychological reasons why we like taking quizzes. And the biggest one is that a quiz lets you express yourself. 
And people really like to talk about themselves. There's this Time Magazine study that I cite all the time that says 40% of the words you'll say in your life are about yourself. And when, oh, wow. when you start talking about yourself, you actually have these pheromones fire in your brain that are similar to you know, if you were taking drugs, essentially. So it's like you're getting high off of talking about yourself. And a quiz is the only online medium that lets you talk about yourself, especially when you're like at work and you're supposed to be working, but you're taking quizzes. You're getting to talk about yourself when you're supposed to be doing other things and there's no other like type of content that does that. Like you can't do that reading a blog post. You can't do that watching a video. You can't do that even listening to a podcast. So you can't talk about yourself. And so that's really the number one reason. And an amazing quiz has questions that let you talk about yourself in a way that's meaningful. You're answering questions that actually matter. And that is what draws people in. The number two reason is that you get to find out about yourself. And self-awareness, like enlightenment, is a huge thing. You know, the entire self-help industry is based on the fact that if you just know more about yourself, then you can become a better person. And a quiz, even if it's telling you what kind of coffee you are, which is kind of silly, is telling you something about yourself. And that can be useful. Like maybe next time you go to the coffee shop, you order your personalized drink. Or maybe if it's telling you your fashion style, Next time you go to you know, the clothing shop, you're going to buy stuff that fits your style because you took that quiz. So we love to learn about ourselves and a quiz will let you do that in some small way. And isn't it interesting how as humans, we are so obsessed with ourselves? I mean, it's almost embarrassing. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, for me, it goes back to, to the selfish nature, right? Like I think everybody has it and it's mm -hmm. just part of life. And, you know, the, when quizzes were first getting popular in like 2014, all the headlines were like quizzes like, you know, or people like quizzes because of narcissism, which is true to some extent. Um, but I think there's also a, a more positive way of looking at it, which is that, if you know more about yourself, then you can be self-aware. And if you're doing something that's not kind to others, you can be aware of that and do something about it. And awareness is always the first step in improvement. So just knowing a little bit more about yourself can be a really good thing. Yeah, I love that perspective on it. Because so many people, at least I personally feel, they take those online quizzes because they're looking for answers. They might be the ones giving the answers in this quiz, but it's really just helping them sort out their thoughts and their feelings like, you know, what color do they really like or what interior design style is something that actually fits them. And it helps them figure out who they are aside from what society maybe is telling them they should be because they can answer it in private. They can just be honest. And I think that's where the big power of quizzes really comes into play. So translating that into how everyone listening who, like I said, is interior designers and home stagers, using an online quiz is going to be a great way for them to attract people. But can you explain why people who take a quiz are then more likely to convert? Yeah, so a, a quiz is an amazing jumping off point for a conversation. And just like we 
believe that conversations are the key to growing our business. I think they're the key to growing any business. I, I honestly think that you can measure the long-term success of a company based on how many positive conversations they are having every single day within that organization. And as the organization gets bigger, that number should grow. But it's often hard to start a conversation. It's hard to start a conversation, especially with somebody that you want to be a client because they don't want to be sold to. They don't want to be coerced into doing something that they're not necessarily interested in. They don't want to feel pressured to buy something. And so how do you start a conversation with them? Even if your intentions are good, your intentions are simply to figure out if there is a way you can help, they're probably going to be resistant because they don't want to be sold to. So a quiz can help break down those walls because let's say, for example, you do what's your interior design style, which is a very popular quiz in this space. And you have unique results based on your personal you know, ways that you can help people dress up their houses. And in the results, there's an option for them to continue the conversation with you. you can, they can say, I'd like to talk more about you know, my minimalist style. Let's book a consultation. Then when you get on the phone with them, you kick it off by saying, hey, you got the minimalist style. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like that was right? Do you think we got it wrong? Let's talk about it. And your conversation immediately starts. There's no weird like, hey, I'm trying to sell you something. You're just talking about that person's style. And if there is a good fit, it'll become obvious because as you talk about their style, you can weave in your services, your offerings, and you can say, hey, you know, we helped so-and-so who also has a minimalist style, you know, dress up their house in a really nice way. This is what we might be able to do with you. And they still have the choice to say yes or no at that point. But there's really no selling happening. You're simply helping them understand themselves better and how you might fit into the equation as the person offering the service or the product. Yeah, and I like that you say how they as service providers can fit into the equation versus trying to fit these people into their equation because not everybody is going to be a good fit for them. So is there a way, this is getting a little technical now, is there a way that an online quiz can be constructed so that it actually deters people who are not a good fit for the interior designer? Yeah, absolutely. And we recommend this. Not everybody takes us up on it because they're like, oh, we want to talk to everybody. But we recommend not talking to a lot of the people. And you can set up a quiz that has different paths through it. You can do conditional logic. So, you know, you answer one question a certain way that eliminates you from being a good client and you can just move them off and they'll never get to you. They'll never go on your email list or anything like that. And you can just differentiate out that way. So we always recommend that when you set up a quiz, especially if it's a personality type quiz, you have like three or four, sometimes five results, different personalities. And at least one of them, you just never follow up with because it's not the right fit. So that's like, you're not, not the right fit bucket. And then the other ones you can follow up with, but yeah, you can definitely do that. And we always recommend it because you can waste a lot of time talking to pe with people that just aren't the right fit for you. Oh, absolutely. And that's one thing that I'm always harping on with, with my clients and my audience is you cannot serve everyone. First of all, you really don't want to. So second of all, 
if you try to serve everyone, you're just going to bring yourself out and you're going to be a very unhappy person. So when you use these quizzes to really get hyper focused and allow your leads to sort themselves out, basically, it not only grows your mailing list, but it also segments it and it allows people to feel more comfortable with you because like you said, you're basically disarming them by asking them questions about themselves. And that's something that we can do in offline situations too. Would I be correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you shouldn't just stop with the quiz, right? Like I think this concept of, of trying to understand somebody else as a method of selling, and that's kind of a facetious way to think about it. But at the same time, you can also think about it as if I really understand what's going on with somebody then I can decide whether I'm the right fit as a service provider because sometimes you're not and you don't want to be wasting your time with people that are not the right fit for you. So as you get to know them better, you can kind of get a sense of who they are, their style, their way of doing things, their mannerisms, and you can decide, is this somebody that's a good mutual fit? Can we work together well or not? And the way you do that is simply by asking more and more and more questions so you can start to get to know that person better. And then again, that plays into the psychological part of it where when people are talking about themselves, they really enjoy that. So it's effective for you as the marketer, the salesperson as well. So I have a few questions for you then that get pretty detailed. Let's say I'm an interior designer and I have never created a quiz before. How many questions should I put in my quiz? Are there certain questions that I should definitely be asking over others? Do you have any best practice tips for that? Yeah, so with interior designers, there's there's really only a few quiz titles that work well. So what's your interior design style? Or just more generically, what's your style? Or you can go with what's your color and then kind of base everything based on that person's color. So those are your three kind of general topics. Then you want to write seven questions and seven is the magic number because it takes people two minutes to answer seven questions, especially if they're on their phone. And two minutes is the sweet spot between long enough to where they're interested, but short enough to where they don't get bored and leave. So seven questions and those questions should really emulate the same types of questions that you would ask somebody if you were sitting with them. And we always tell people to envision that they're actually sitting with a person. And as a trick, you can make it a real person that's like a client or a potential client and then send them the quiz and it'll keep you honest to make sure that you actually wrote these questions in a personable manner. And you want to ask those questions that would help you figure out their style if you were actually talking to them, because then you can go and you can pull out your samples and show them these, you know, examples of things that they should do with their house. So seven questions and then you want to have at least three different outcomes, sometimes four or five. So when you're creating that quiz and you're being very authentic as far as the questions that you're asking, are there certain question formats that work better? Because I've used your platform and I love it, just so everyone listening knows that I think it's an amazing platform. But there are different question formats and answer formats that you can use. Is there one that performs better over the other or is it just more based on personal preference? Yeah, so the one that performs the best is a text question. So you just ask the question in plain text and then each answer is represented by an image. And we did a study, we found that all 
of our top quizzes. It was kind of shocking. Like all of the top quizzes up to about number 200. So the top 200 quizzes by volume. And those 200 quizzes, by the way, have been taken like 50 million times. All of them have at least one question that's in that format. So text question with image answer choices. And that's the best thing we've ever found. And would you say that's just because the brain registers a photo faster than text or what's the reason behind that? Yeah, some of that, uh, some of it just makes it more fun. Like you are enjoying the experience a lot more, especially if you inject your personality into those images, you know, an image can be worth a thousand words. And if you have six of them on a question, you can really inject kind of your personal brand into the questions by putting fun images or gifts or whatever it is you want to do to make them more enjoyable and engaging. And again, just kind of break down those walls because this is a marketing tool, but you don't want people to be so apprehensive about it. Right, right. So I love the fact that we are keeping things simple and we are not trying to be tricky with our questions. I I like that you point out we should be talking to people as though we're sitting there with them because I can hear my designers right now saying, I don't know how to act like a psychologist when I create a quiz. And what you're saying, Josh, is we shouldn't act like a psychologist. We should actually just act like real people and ask real questions. Yeah, exactly. And everybody always wants to overthink quizzes. You know, I I have conversations with some of the, I mean, the biggest brands and the biggest personal brands in the world, like names that you would recognize, household names, and they do the same exact thing. And I have to fight them every single time to just break down those perceptions that they have about a quiz being some sort of psychological assessment or it needing to be incredibly accurate. But in in reality, what you're trying to do is just emulate the conversation you would have in real life. And the more you think about it, the worse you do with that because you should literally, sometimes we recommend people just going with their first take, like just spit it out and don't change it because if you change it, you're going to make it sound more formal. People aren't going to like that. They're not going to feel like it's authentic and your quiz is going to do worse and you spent more time on it. So a lot of times it's really just what comes to mind in terms of the questions you would ask write them down exactly how you'd ask them. Sometimes even say it out loud to make sure it doesn't sound weird and just go with that. And the really cool thing is that you guys already have quizzes made that would work well for interior designers and they're templates, but they can also be updated and edited. So I want everyone listening to know that it's not like you have to start from scratch. And so Josh, what you'd be saying then is if a designer wanted to try your platform and just grab one of those template quizzes, they basically could just go run with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're building up that portfolio right now. Our goal is actually to have it be where there are expert written quizzes, so quizzes written by experts in every category and every subcategory. So even if you're in like a very specific niche, you will be able to find a quiz that's written by an expert that you can use as is, and then obviously modify how it looks or any of the content if you want to, but you don't have to go through that whole process and the whole like brainstorming session, that kind of thing. You can simply plug and play. Yeah. I mean, templates are a huge time saver, a huge lifesaver. So guys, everyone listening, you need to go over to tryinteract.com. You have absolutely no excuse not to give it a chance because 
the work has already been done for you. And I am a huge fan of that. So, okay, let's switch gears for a second here. So I am just curious because you're the co-founder of this company and you now live out in California. So what does a day in the life of Josh look like? Ah, this is where this is where it gets a little intense. Um, <laughs> day in life of Josh starts very, very early in the morning. Uh, usually 4 a.m. I'm up and I will do uh, oatmeal breakfast and then I will go work out and be back by about 6.37. And that's when I start my work day. I do most of my like research and kind of reading and that kind of stuff early in the morning. I'll also stop and do like a meditation slash Bible study for a little while in the morning before I really kick things off. Work at home until about 8 a.m. and then head to the office. Get here by 8.45, which is when we do our morning meeting. Everybody on the team meets every single morning. And then through most of my day, I'm on the phone or doing shows or talking with partners or meeting internally. So pretty much meetings throughout the entire day. And I'm done by about four o'clock and I try to actually check out at four o'clock and uh, <laughs> finish the day and, you know, go have a beer or, you know, meet for dinner or you know, play basketball mm. or whatever it is that I'm doing that evening. So very, very early um, schedule for about a 12 hour day on a typical weekday. Yeah, that's kind of insane, but it's mm -hmm. a testament to your dedication. I mean, you didn't get where you are by sleeping in until 9 a.m. That's just the no. truth of it. Nope, 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 because your competitors will wake up earlier. Yep. So I am curious. So you said that one of the first things you do in the morning after breakfast and working out is you have some sort of meditation or Bible study, which I think mm -hmm. is awesome because I do not get up at 4 a.m., but I still take time to do that, those same things. Have you found that that morning routine really helps the rest of your day or is, are there times when your morning routine is totally screwed up and does that have an effect on the rest of your day? Yeah, it, it really does set the tone. And uh, I meet with an executive coach every week and we talk about this morning routine a lot. And the way that he frames it is as flexing the muscle of meditation, the muscle of stillness. And you have to practice it every single morning because stuff happens, especially when you're running a company like this, like stuff happens that is actually a big deal. And if you're freaking out all the time, that sets a very, very bad tone, not only for yourself, but everybody on the team and customers and everything. And so you just can't afford to do that. And that morning meditation time often spent in the word is a time to just be still and practice being still and being okay with everything else just kind of floating around in the world. And in that time, you're just focused on what you're reading or what you're meditating on or praying over and you don't let those other thoughts creep in. And what happens is when something does go wrong, when there is a huge deal at work, you use that same exact skill that you're developing in the morning to just stop for a second and be okay and not just knee jerk react. Because if you do, you'll self implode within like a week. So you really have to practice that. Absolutely. And I love talking about the morning routine because we've got business owners listening. I mean, that that's our entire audience. And 
we think that we have to get up and rush straight into our day, but we don't take time. You know, a lot of us don't take time to invest in ourselves. And, you know, I'm a believer as well. So the fact that you're very open about, you know, yeah, I read the Bible in the morning. I think that's really awesome. And the more we keep our priorities in the right places like that, the more successful we will be not just as business owners, but as people. Yeah. There's this quote that I really like by Martin Luther King Jr. He says, when I have a really, really busy, overwhelming day, I spend the first three or four hours in the word because then I get more done. Mm. And I think that's, and it doesn't have to be the word. It can be meditation. It can be whatever your practice is. But I think spending that time resetting helps you get so much more actually done because you become okay. You become okay. You become settled. And then you're effective the rest of the day. Waking up whatever hour and rushing straight into it every single day, you're going to become you know, haggard within a week. And at that point, your, your days are ineffective. Your time is ineffective and you're not enjoying it. So it really is important to spend that time. And I, and I love that quote for that reason. Mm -hmm. So along with that, one other thing I had noticed on your blog was that some of the most popular quizzes are actually about the Bible. Do you think that that says something about just the way the population is going and what people are looking for? Or is that something that was maybe guided by your beliefs or the beliefs of your team? I'm just honestly curious. This is a selfish, selfish question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep it unbiased at work. Like I'm not pushing my beliefs on anyone. Our content is simply adapted to what people are looking for. And I mean, despite what you may believe it's, you know, the Bible is still the best selling book of all time by a, a vast margin. And there is, you know, a massive following behind it. So it, it really is a, a topic that continues to be popular. And, you know, especially in times like these where people are searching for answers, I think there are a lot more people looking for it as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They are searching for answers, whether it's something spiritual or religious like that, or whether it's something a little bit more the here and now, like, you know, your interior design style or what celebrity should you marry. But I love that you have taken the complexity of human nature and boiled it down to a simple, understandable form that business owners can then use and, and basically profit off of without feeling slimy or weird about it. So I just want to say again, kudos to you and your team. And by the way, how big is your team? Uh, we have seven altogether to our part-time now. Wow. You guys must be crazy busy every single day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite, quite, <laughs> quite a lot. Quite a lot. Oh, that is awesome. So one last question for you. What are your goals for yourself personally and for Interact within the next year or two? Yeah, I think for myself personally, it's it's continuing on that, that kind of rootedness, that groundedness, uh, not only in my faith, but also in my community and how that plays out in my community of, of my team here at work as well and just kind of building that into a stronger foundation. And then with the company, it's somewhat aligned because the goals there as well are to continue building the foundation of what we're doing and 
a huge part of our foundation is our network, the, the team that's beyond the team. So all the partners that we have that go out and represent us every single day, we're building that up and at the same time building up our platform so we can offer the tools and services that people are looking for. And that's all a massively collaborative thing. So it kind of comes back into itself in some ways. And that's really what we're looking to do. I think if we do a good job of that, then we'll be here a year or two from now and this company will be four or eight times as big again. And uh, that's what I think we're headed towards. Well, I have no doubt that you guys are going to reach those goals because you've already proven that you and your business, while they are separate tax entities, they're the same entity at the heart of it. And I love the community that you're creating and I am super honored to be part of it. And I just want to say to everyone who is listening, go to tryinteract.com and you can, you can start with a base level package if you want. There's obviously no pressure here, but this is a very useful platform and it's awesome to know that any vendor you use for your company guys is someone who has your best interests at heart. And Josh, I know that you do. So thank you for being on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was fun. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Kate show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.